Lesson number 46, Surah Ali Imran. We'll begin from ayah number 85. وَمَن يَبْتَغِ غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ And whoever desires other than Islam as religion, never will it be accepted from him. And he in the hereafter will be among the losers. In the previous ayat, we learned about the Ahlul Kitab. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala invites them to accept the truth. Why? Because they see it, they witness it, they recognize it. There's no reason for them to disbelieve. Any doubt, any confusion they had was clarified. Any objection they raised, any question they asked was answered. Every clarification was made. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives people a final warning. That if you bring on the day of judgment a religion other than Islam, it will not be accepted. Previously we learned that everything in the heavens and the earth is submissive to Allah. The religion of this universe is the religion of Islam, of submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if there is a human being who by his own will adopts a religion other than submission to Allah, then will that religion be accepted from him? No. And if a person does that, then who is he harming? Only himself. Because his body is in submission, but he is not submitting. The entire universe is in submission, but he is not submitting. And we discussed how whatever Allah has created for us is the best for us. Likewise, what Allah has legislated for us is also the best for us. So Allah gives a final warning that whoever seeks يَبْتَغِي from بَغْغَيْنِيَا إِبْتِغَاءٍ to seek, to desire. So whoever seeks, whoever desires, whoever wants غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ other than Islam دِينًا as religion then فَلَنْ يُقُبَلَ مِنْهُ it will never ever be accepted from him. يُقْبَلَ from قُبُول it will not be accepted from him meaning from that person by who? Who will not accept that religion from him? Allah will not accept it. Likewise, his messenger, he will not accept it. Likewise, the believers, even they don't accept it. Meaning the only true religion, the only acceptable religion to Allah is which one? Islam. The only religion which a person adopts, he can be successful, is which religion? The religion of Islam. So if anyone adopts a religion other than Islam, فَلَنْ يُقُبَلَ مِنْهُ Because the only religion that is acceptable is Islam. Allah has taught that from the first day. This is the religion that was given to Adam, to Nuh, to Ibrahim, to Musa, to Isa, and to Muhammad wasallam. This is the religion of the entire universe. So if a person turns away from it, then وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Then such a person will be in the hereafter of who? Of the losers. خَاسِرِينَ plural of خَاسِرِ Meaning he will suffer great loss. What do we learn in this verse? That any action, any deed, any amal that a person does which is not in submission to Allah, meaning it is not according to the law that Allah has legislated, then such an action, such a way of life, it will be rejected. It will not carry any weight. It will not bring a person any reward. Whether this is in asl or in farr. 
Asal meaning in principle, in the basic tenets of the deen. So for example, in beliefs. So if a person has a belief, other than the belief that Allah has given us, meaning he has an iman, other than the iman that Allah has given us. So for example, a person believes that there are fairies. Okay? Or a person believes that once we die, we come back to the world, we are incarnated in another form. Or that if a person believes there is no heaven or hell. Okay? Such a belief is what? A belief that Allah has not taught us. So this is in asl, in principle. Secondly, in far, meaning in the branches of the deen. So for example, in the practices. Okay? So for instance, when it comes to worshipping Allah, He worships Allah in a way that Allah has not legislated. He worships Allah in a way that the Prophet ﷺ has not taught. So such an action, فَلَيْيُقُبَلَ مِنْهُ It will never ever be accepted from that individual. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدٌ That whoever performs an action that does not conform to our matter, meaning that is not in conformity to Islam, then such an action is rejected. So first is that a person has to be a Muslim. Only then his deen will be accepted. And secondly, when a person is a Muslim, he has to do that which Allah has legislated. If he practices something that Allah and His Messenger have not taught us, then even that will be rejected. فَلَنْ يُقُبَلَ مِنْهُ And Allah says about such a person, وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ He will be a loser in the hereafter. Why? Because all of his efforts, all of his work, all of his deeds are in vain. They will be useless. They will bring absolutely no reward. He lived his entire life living in a particular way. He practiced his entire life in action. He worshipped in a particular way. But the entire worship, the entire way of life, the entire you know, belief, everything is rejected. Imagine the output of a person's life is what? Nothing. It's like if a person goes to university for four years, for five years, and at the end he has zero credits. Or whatever he has done, is rejected. It is not accepted at all. So likewise, imagine a person going on the day of judgment, all of his efforts, his deeds, what do they bring? Nothing. This is why Allah says he will be a loser, a loser in the hereafter. Allah says in Surah An-Nur, Ayah 39, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَعْمَالُهُمْ كَسَرَابٍ بِقِيعَةٍ يَحْسَبُهُ الظَّمْآنُ مَاءً حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَهُ لَمْ يَجِدْهُ شَيْئًا that those people who disbelieve, their deeds are like a mirage. A person who's walking in the desert, he sees from a distance a mirage. He thinks it's water. And the thirsty one, what does he do? He goes towards it thinking that it's water. But when he reaches it, what does he find? Nothing at all. Likewise, a person, if he adopts a religion, practices a religion that is other than the one that Allah has taught, then he thinks that he's doing something great. He thinks that he's doing something very beneficial, but he will come on the day of judgment and will find nothing. In Surah Al-Furqan, Ayah 23, we learn, وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَاءً مَنْسُورًا That we will regard what they have done of deeds and we will make them as dust that is dispersed. 
turned to ashes, burnt down, dust that is dispersed, bringing no value. And this is great loss. Such a person is a great loser. Because when a person suffers loss in this way, then he has lost his nafs himself, he has lost his wealth, he has lost his family. In this dunya, if you ever suffer loss, then at least you haven't suffered your life. You're still alive. You can still go back and do what you have lost. Likewise, if a person has lost all his money, he can still start from scratch and make something. Likewise, if a person has lost his family, he has some people to turn to, some friends who can help him, who have sympathy for him. But on the day of judgment, such a person, he has lost his life. Meaning he will never ever get a second chance. He will never return to the earth to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes. Such a person will lose his wealth. Meaning even if he offered the entire earth's fill in gold in charity on that day, as ransom to free himself from the punishment, it will not be accepted. Likewise, a person's family will not help him on that day. In fact, family members will run away from each other. So this is great loss. وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ In Surah Az-Zumar, Ayah 15, Allah says, قُلْ إِنَّ الْخَاسِرِينَ الَّذِينَ خَسِرُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ That say, the losers, the real losers, the actual losers, are those who have lost themselves on the Day of Judgment. وَأَهْلِيهِمْ And also their families. Those who have lost themselves and their families, they have no control, nothing that they can do. وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ So what's the lesson of this ayah? What do we learn in this ayah? That the only religion that is acceptable to Allah is Islam. The only action, the only righteous deed that is acceptable to Allah is which one? That is done in submission to Him. And submission to Him means two things. An action done in submission to Allah means two things. First of all, that it's done for His sake only, with ikhlas, with sincerity. And secondly, it is done according to the law that Allah has legislated. Because if a person does not have sincerity, then he's not submissive to Allah. If a person makes up his own way, then he's not submissive to Allah. In a hadith we learn that the Prophet ﷺ was once asked about Abdullah bin Jud'an. He was a man who lived at the time of Jahiliyyah, so in the pre-Islamic period. And he died as a mushrik. He died before the Prophet ﷺ received prophethood, meaning this individual never became a Muslim. But he was very famous for his kindness towards people, for his generosity, for his helping the poor and the needy, hosting the guests, you know, all good qualities that a person could possess, moral values. He was known, he was very famous for his goodness, for his righteousness. So the Prophet ﷺ was once asked that all the good that this person did, would it benefit him on the Day of Judgment? That okay, fine, he didn't worship Allah alone, okay, he did shit, but... After all, he was a very righteous individual. He was very kind. The Prophet ﷺ said, La, no, his good deeds will not benefit him. Why? Because, إِنَّهُ لَمْ يَقُلْ يَوْمًا مِنَ الدَّهْرِ رَبِّ اغْفِرْ لِي خَطِيئَةِ يَوْمَ الدِّينِ Because this individual never said, even one day, that, Oh my Lord, forgive me my sins on the Day of Judgment. He did much good, but he never cared about Allah. And do we see this? That a lot of emphasis is given to what? Is paid to what? 
being a righteous person, being helpful, being kind, being truthful, being honest. Yes, very good. But your goodness will remain in this world if you don't do it for Allah. It has to be done in submission to Allah for the sake of Allah. This is why Allah says, وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Such a person will be a great loser on the day of judgment. But we become so hypocritical, we say, yeah, yeah, everybody's right, everybody's good, as long as you're a good-hearted individual, as long as you don't harm a fly even, you're fine. You know, God will forgive you. God is very merciful. And He will enter you into paradise. We become so hypocritical. Allah says very clearly in the Qur'an, any religion other than Islam, rejected. And we have to accept this fact, this reality, and we also have to make it known. Because if somebody who's doing something wrong is told, no, no, you're right, then will they think about changing? No. كَيْفَ يَهْدِ اللَّهُ قَوْمًا Allah says, how would Allah guide a people? كَيْفَ over here is a rhetorical question. How? Why? Meaning, how is it possible? Why would Allah guide? كَيْفَ يَهْدِ اللَّهُ قَوْمًا Why, how can Allah guide some people? Which people? Who have kafaru ba'da imanihim, Who have disbelieved after their faith. They were believers and then they became disbelievers. They had iman, they had faith and then they rejected it. They did kufr. Allah says, كَيْفَ يَهْدِ How? Meaning, why would Allah guide such people? People who had iman and then they let it go. Primarily, this is referring to the people of the book. Because they were believers in Musa salam until Isa salam came and they disbelieved in him. Okay? And then when Muhammad wasallam came, what happened? They increased in their disbelief. If you take it as Nasara, the Christians, what happened to them? They believed in Isa salam but when Muhammad wasallam came, they rejected him. And we know that rejecting even one messenger is like rejecting all. So this means that if a person disbelieves in even one messenger, will his iman, his Islam be accepted? No. So they were believers, but then they became disbelievers. How? By refusing to believe in the Messenger of Allah. Allah says, كَيْفَ يَهْدِ اللَّهُ قَوْمًا كَفَرُوا بَعْدَ إِيمَانِهِمْ Why would Allah, how can Allah guide people who have disbelieved after their iman? And this disbelief is not out of ignorance. No, Allah says, وَشَهِدُوا And they bear witness أَنَّ الرَّسُولَ حَقْ That the messenger is indeed true. Meaning the truth is not blind to them. They are not blind to the truth. The truth is not unknown to them. They see the messenger. They know he is the right messenger. They see all the signs in him. Yet if they disbelieve, وَجَاءَهُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ And clear evidences have come to them. وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِ الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ Then Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. When they have witnessed the messenger, they have seen the clear signs, the clear proofs, the clear evidences, yet if they don't accept, then Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. We know that the Bani Israel, they came to Medina, they settled over there, waiting for the last messenger. Salman Farisi, a Christian, traveled all over until he found Medina. He came there waiting for the last messenger. There are numerous stories of people who when they saw the Prophet ﷺ, they knew he was not a liar. They witnessed his truthfulness. They were a witness to it. They saw it. 
And this didn't just happen at that time. Even today, there are people who when they read about Muhammad wasallam, they say he's the most successful man in history. There are people who say that when you read the Qur'an, you have to accept the fact that somehow or the other it is from God. But yet, if they don't accept, then will Allah force the guidance on them? No. Because guidance cannot be forced on someone. Guidance has to be accepted. If a person does not want it, it will not be forced down his throat. Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. Wallahu la yahdil And when a person sees the truth yet does not accept it, then what happens? His heart becomes hard. Khatam Allahu ala qulubihim. So even if he understands something, logically everything makes sense, yet he will not submit. Why? Because the heart has hardened. I mentioned to you earlier as well that even contemporary scholars, I mean those who are non-Muslim, even they recognize the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ of the Qur'an. There's a person by the name of Montgomery Watt, he writes in his book Islam, A Short History, on page number 14, he says that careful examination of the Qur'an today, however, shows that its knowledge of biblical stories and events is minimal. Whereas it contains much deep truth about the being of God and his dealings with human race. This is a strong reason why the non-Muslim should accept the belief that somehow or the other the Qur'an comes from God. They say this themselves. They write this themselves. وَشَهِدُوا They bear witness, they testify. Yet if a person does not accept, then Allah will not force guidance on them. Ula'ika, those people who see the truth, yet they reject it. Allah says, Jaza'uhum, their recompense, their reward, their result is that Anna'alayhim la'nat Allah. That upon them is the curse of Allah. Such a person can survive in this world. He can live for a few years in this world. But ultimately, on him is the curse of Allah. And this is something very scary. Because sometimes we see the truth, we know it, yet we don't want to accept. What stops us? Our ego, our pride. Because then we have to accept that we were wrong. We have to accept that we made a mistake. Those who are not willing to do that, Allah says, for them is the curse of Allah. Allah. They are far removed, far away from the mercy of Allah. And the curse of who else? Who else curses them? Wal-malaika and the angels. Who would you curse? Someone whom you hate. The angels hate them. The angels who actually pray for those people who believe. You know that? In the Quran we learn about how the angels pray for the believers. That, oh Allah, forgive them. Have mercy on them. The angels who make dua when a person makes dua for another individual. The angels who come and help the believers, who come and give good news to people. Angels love righteous people. But imagine the angels hate those who disbelieve because they curse them. And also all people, all mankind, their curse is also on them. Now okay, believers, you can understand those who believe they would curse those who disbelieve. But... Allah says all people, the curse of all people is on them. How is that so? Because even those who are like them will curse them on the day of judgment. In the Quran we learn in Surah Al-Ankabut ayah 25, 
Allah says to those who disbelieve that summa yawmal qiyamati yakfuru ba'dukum bi ba'din wa yal'anu ba'dukum ba'da that on the day of judgment you will reject each other you will refute each other and you will also curse one another so the curse of all people on them khalidina fiha abiding therein eternally in the curse never coming out being in the punishment forever la yukhaffafu anhum al-adhab the punishment will not be reduced for them it will not be lightened for them yukhaffafu takhfif khafafa its intensity its heat its length nothing at all will be reduced wala hum yunzarun nor will they be given any respite meaning they will not be given any break they will not be given any pause if a person is in pain he wants a break for even a minute for even a few minutes even a few seconds even that is a source of relief but wala hum yunzarun they will not be given any chance meaning no end to the punishment in surah ghafir ayah 49 we learn waqala alladhina fi an-nari li khazanati jahannam ud'u rabbakum yukhaffif anna yawman min al-'adhab the people of hellfire they will say to the angels the guards that call upon your lord and ask him to reduce the punishment for just one day we just want a break of one day but they will not be given that break wala hum yunzarun recitation وَمَن يَبْتَغِ غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَن يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ كَيْفَ يَهْدِي اللَّهُ قَوْمًا كَفَرُوا بَعْدَ إِيمَانِهِمْ وَشَهِدُوا ജല Allah gives those people another chance. If you repent, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ تَابُوا مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ Except for those people who repent after that, وَأَصْلَحُوا And they also make amends. Meaning the damage they caused, they fix that. أَصْلَحُوا They also do islah. They also reform themselves. So they do tawbah. What will tawbah refer to over here? Leaving kufr. Accepting iman again. believing in Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam believing in the Quran wa aslahu and reform self improvement islah fa inna allaha ghafurur rahim then indeed allah is forgiving and merciful so yes the punishment for leaving islam is very severe and the punishment for rejecting islam is also very severe 
But as long as a person is living, he has a second chance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala invites people to that. That repent, reform. Then Allah will forgive you. Allah will be merciful towards you. But if a person does not repent, then what does Allah say about him? That, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بَعْدَ إِيمَانِهِمْ Indeed, those people who disbelieve after their iman. Summa then, izdadu kufran. They increase in disbelief. Izdadu from ziyada. Zayyadal. To increase. They increase in their disbelief. How? It is said that this refers to the Yahud. That they were believers in Musa salam in the messengers that came to them. But then, kafaru. How did they commit kufr? When who came to them? When Isa salam came to them. And then, after that, they increased in their disbelief. How? How do they increase in their disbelief? How do they commit kufr again? When? Muhammad wasallam came to them. Summas dadu kufran. But it doesn't just refer to them. It refers to any person who leaves Islam, accepts kufr, and then what happens? He grows in his disbelief. He intensifies in his disbelief. This is just like when a person has iman, then what will happen? His iman will grow. It will increase. But when a person leaves Islam, goes towards kufr, then gradually what will happen? He will intensify in his disbelief. I remember I watched a video about an atheist. Okay? And he called himself some other kind of atheist. I don't remember the exact term right now. It was a term that he had made up himself. He said that an atheist might have that doubt that there may be God. But I have no doubt at all. He said, I have no doubt, there is no God whatsoever. So he was so proud of his atheism, he was so confident about it. So what happens? A person commits kufr and then he intensifies in his kufr. He grows in his kufr. He becomes more and more firm in his disbelief. So such people who disbelieve and then they increase in their disbelief, لَن تُقْبَلَ تَوْبَتُهُمْ Allah says their tawbah, their repentance will never ever be accepted. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الضَّالُّونَ Don't be fooled by them. Don't be deceived by them. Don't be impressed by them. What is their reality? Allah says those people are astray. They are ضَالُّونَ They are misguided. They are astray. So no matter how confident they may seem, don't be intimidated. Know their reality, that they are loon, they are astray. Have no doubt about that. Now we see over here that Allah says their tawbah will never be accepted. Why? Because the person who increases in his disbelief, and he keeps on increasing in his disbelief, you think he will ever repent? As long as he's living, as long as he is in a state of consciousness. No. If he does repent, when will it be? When he sees the angel of death. Because when he sees the angel of death coming to take his soul, then he will realize that he was in error. So when he repents at that time, will his tawbah be accepted? Never. Because it's too late. We have the example of Fir'aun. He disbelieved in Musa salam, Despite the fact that he saw the miracles, he saw his truthfulness, but he increased in his kufr. He increased in his disbelief. And then eventually, when did he repent? When he was about to die. 
Was his repentance accepted? Was his iman accepted? It was not accepted. لَن تُقْبَلَ تَوْبَتُهُمْ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الضَّالُّونَ Because of the conditions of the acceptance of repentance is that it is done at the right time. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَمَاتُوا Another type of people. That indeed those people who disbelieve. وَمَاتُوا And they die from maut, meem, wauta. They die وَهُمْ كُفَّارُ While they are disbelievers. Kuffar is a plural of kafir. Meaning they live as disbelievers and they die as disbelievers. They didn't even want to repent at the time of death. Or they didn't even get a chance to do that. وَمَاتُوا وَهُمْ كُفَّارُ Then such people... Allah says, فَلَنْ يُقُبَلَ مِنْ أَحَدِهِمْ Then never, ever it will be accepted from any one of them. Meaning, no exceptions. Any person who dies on kufr, such a person, it will never be accepted from him. What will never be accepted from him? مِلْءُ الْأَرْضِ ذَهَبًا The earth's fill in gold. مِلْءُ is from Mim Lam Hamza. مَلَأْ the word mala we have read earlier in the story of Bani Israel, it refers to the chiefs, the elite of a group, those who are of a high status. And mala basically means the fill of something. And why are the mala called mala? Because they fill the hearts of people with awe. They inspire people. They fill the hearts of people with love, with adoration, with fear, and so on and so forth. And wherever the mala go, the rest of the people they follow. So they make crowds as well. Now, mil'ul ard. What does that mean? The fill of the earth. What does that mean? The entire mass of the earth. If all of that was in dhahaban, in gold, meaning they were to offer the entire earth's fill in gold, meaning everything that is in the earth, on the earth, if everything could be gold, and if they were to offer that, will it be accepted from them? Never. Walaw, even if, if tadabi, he were to give it as ransom. If tada, fadalia, fidya, is to offer something in order to ransom oneself, in order to free oneself. So for example, a person is a prisoner somewhere, he says, I'll give you these many million dollars, let me go, free me. So those million dollars, what are they? Fidya. So on the day of judgment, if a person were to offer the entire earth's fill in gold, will it be accepted as ransom? Can he give that in order to free himself from the punishment of Allah? Allah says never. فَلَن تُقْبَلَ It will never ever be accepted. So we see that there are three types of people over here mentioned. Three types. One group of disbelievers are those who repent and reform. Those who do tawbah and do islah. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about them? He is ghafoorul rahim towards them, forgiving and merciful. Allah says in Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 17, that إِنَّمَا التَّوْبَةُ عَلَى اللَّهِ لِلَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السُّوءَ بِجَهَالَةٍ ثُمَّ يَتُوبُونَ مِنْ قَرِيبٍ That the tawbah which Allah accepts is from those who do wrong out of ignorance. And then they repent soon after. Meaning as soon as they realize they are doing wrong, what do they do? They repent. Allah says, فَأُولَٰئِكَ يَتُوبُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ Then those people, Allah accepts their repentance. 
The second type of people are those who repent at the time of death. They disbelieve, they keep increasing in their disbelief. And then when the angel of death appears, they try to repent. Is their tawbah accepted? No, it is rejected. Just like Allah says in Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 18, that وَلَيْسَتِ التَّوْبَةُ لِلَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السَّيِّئَاتِ حَتَّى إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتِ قَالَ إِنِّي تُبْتُ الْآنِ Tawbah is not accepted from those people who keep committing sins, and then when death approaches them, that person, he says, I repent now. No, such tawbah is not accepted. And the third type is of those who die without repentance. They don't repent, even at the time of death. So such people, what will they try to do on the Day of Judgment? Offer something in order to free themselves. Allah says, no matter what they offer on that day, no matter what promises they make, no matter what money they give, even if they were to give the earth's fill in gold, it will never ever be accepted. Allah says in Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 18, Tawbah is also not accepted from those people who die while they are disbelievers. Tawbah is not accepted from them on that day. Nothing will be accepted. Even the earth's fill in gold. Now think about it. All that gold, the entire earth filled with gold. If a person offers that take this and leave me, it will not be accepted. A person has to repent when? In this dunya, now. When should a person reform and improve, repent from his sins? Now, on the day of judgment, saying sorry is not going to help. Offering a compensation is not going to help. A hadith tells us that a man from among the people of the fire will be brought. Meaning someone who is suffering punishment in the hellfire, he will be brought. And Allah will say to him, O son of Adam, how do you find your dwelling? How do you find your home? He will say, it's the worst dwelling, O Lord. It's hellfire. He will say, it's the worst dwelling. Allah will ask him, would you ransom yourself from me with the earth's fill of gold? Meaning if you were to have the earth's fill of gold, would you give that to me now in order to get out of hellfire? If you bring it, then you can be out. Would you like to accept that offer? He will say, yes, O Lord. Allah will say, you have lied. Because I asked you to do what is less and easier than that. But you did not do it. In this dunya, does Allah ask us to bring gold to him on the day of judgment? The earth's fill in gold. The more money you bring, the higher your rank will be in Jannah, the more reward you will have. Is that so? No. What has Allah asked of us? Something that is much easier. Something that is much less. If we are to give in charity, it's not the earth's fill of gold. If we are to do something for Allah, it's not something that demands 24 hours from us. Allah has asked us for something that is much easier, much less. And if we don't do it now, that means we don't want to do it. We will never do it. And on the day of judgment, no matter what a person says, no matter what promise he makes, no matter what ransom he tries to offer, it will not be accepted. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ For them is a painful punishment. It's a real punishment, agonizing punishment, something that will bring them pain. When we think about hellfire, we think, yeah, 
people will go there and they will get used to the punishment and they won't even realize no they will realize every moment every second every millisecond they will experience they will feel every pain every single pain and the punishment will never reduce in the quran allah says when the skins are burnt out the skins will be replaced they will be replaced so that they taste the punishment ulaika lahum adabun alim wa ma lahum min nasirin and they will have no helpers no one to come and take them out no one to help them no one to feel sorry for them no one to even feel pity for them ulaika lahum adabun alim wa ma lahum min nasirin recitation illal ladhina tabu min بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ وَأَصْلَحُوا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بَعْدَ إِيمَانِهِمْ ثُمَّ ازْدَادُوا كُفْرًا لَّن تُقْبَلَ تَوْبَتُهُمْ لَن تُقْبَلَ تَوْبَتُهُمْ وَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الضَّالُّونَ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَمَاتُوا وَهُمْ كُفَّارٌ فَلَن يُقْبَلَ مِنْ أَحَدِهِمْ مِلْءُ الْأَرْضِ ذَهَبًا وَلَوْ افْتَدَى بِهِ أُولَئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ وَمَا لَهُمْ مِنْ نَاصِرِينَ So what will work on the Day of Judgment? What can save a person on that day? On the Day of Judgment, what will help a person? His money? His degrees? His friends? The number of followers he has on Facebook? Is that what will help a person? No. What will help a person is his iman, faith, true faith, real faith, actual faith, acceptable faith, even if it's of a very minute quantity, meaning even if it's of a very low level. In a hadith we learn that from the hellfire, eventually even such a person will be brought out who has iman, that is equal to the weight of a mustard seed meaning if a person has even little bit of faith that yes there is allah he is the only one who deserves worship and this person has committed many sins many sins but because he has faith in allah he doesn't do shirk then what will happen he will eventually be brought out so we see that a little bit of iman even is more valuable it is more precious than what Then what? The entire earth's fill of gold. A little bit of iman, true faith is more valuable than the entire earth's fill of gold. That if you think about it, the volume of the earth, let me tell you the volume of what the earth is. It is one septillion, 83 sextillion, 206 quintillion, 246 trillion, 123 billion, 80,895,852 meters cube. The mass of the earth 
is 5.98 times 10 to the power 24 kilograms. This is the weight of the earth. If you were to have all of that in gold, the earth and everything in it, everything on it is made, is turned to gold, then you know how much it would be today? How much value it would have today? The price of one ounce of gold today is $1,600 plus dollars. One ounce. $1,600 plus dollars, U.S. dollars. And that means that if you were to buy the earth's fill in gold, it would be this much money. That's 328 octillion, 877 septillion, 76 sextillion, 917 quintillion, 760 quadrillion dollars. I'm sure you've never heard of these numbers before. This is the earth's value in gold. But you know what? This means nothing on the Day of Judgment. It means nothing if a person has no Iman. You know how much money this is? Let me tell you. With this amount of money, you could buy a Bugatti Veyron Super Sport, which is the most expensive car in the world, over two and a half million dollars. You could buy an Airbus A380, which is $390 million today. The huge aircrafts, the most luxurious ones, $390 million, imagine. You could buy the Cullinan Diamond, which is 3,100 carats. I mean, the diamonds that people wear, how much is that? Two, four, five, wow. 3,100 carats. That diamond was 10 centimeters long when it was first found, and then it was cut up. It values $400 million. You could purchase that easily with this amount of money. You could buy the most expensive house in the world, which is a 27-story mansion in India. That's $2 billion right there. You could buy the most expensive yacht in the world, $590 million. You could even afford a trip to the moon, $100 million. And you know what? All this would cost you just over $3.4 billion. And you could do this for yourself and you could do this for every single person sitting here. You could do this for every single person you've ever seen, you've ever heard of in this world. You could do this for any person you saw in the mall, you saw in the street, you've heard of in history, you think exists today. You could do it for every single human being that ever walked on this planet and you would have used up less than 1% of your money. This is the value of the earth in gold. But even if you did that much good, you spent all of that, you gave in charity, you bought such expensive gifts, you removed poverty from the earth, you fed every single hungry person in this world, you found every orphan, someone, you sponsored every orphan, You responded to everyone in aid with an open heart, generously, the money that you have. Still, it will not be accepted if you don't have even a little bit of iman. This earth is meaningless. You cannot put a price tag on iman. This is the lesson. You cannot put a price tag on iman. What iman can give you on that day, nothing in this world can give you. What you can get with your iman on that day, you cannot get with 
any credit card. You cannot get with any, any amount of money at all. This is how valuable, this is how precious iman is. If you own a diamond, do you throw it around in public washrooms? Do you not care about it? If you have a very expensive phone, it's very precious to you, would you let anybody touch it? Do you like it if people mock at it? Then why is it that when it comes to iman, we don't care if it's in danger? We don't care if people talk bad about it. We don't care if people are talking against it. We don't give importance to it. But iman is much more valuable. It's like if a person thinks that, okay, I'll give back to Allah everything He's ever given me. First of all, he can never do that. And even if he attempts to do that, that, oh Allah, anything you've ever given me, I give it back to you. You free me. Will he be freed on that day? No. If a person says, oh Allah, I give you back everything that you've ever given to any human being, will that be accepted? No. Mil al dhahaban Rejected. The only thing accepted will be Iman. Everybody listen please. As-salamu alaykum. Uh, I'm sure all of you have heard about Mother Teresa. The lady who would pick up the dying from the gutters of Calcutta and you know take them to her home and give them a dignified death you know. And how much she cared for the poor and the dying and stuff like that. I read an article where a close companion of hers wrote a book after she died that she told her companions, you know, I'm always calling my Lord, but all I see is darkness. I mean, in her lifetime, she kind of knew that, you know, there's no response to her call or whatever, right? So we also have to take from this example that, you know, no matter how much the people of the dunya are serving humanity and all the things that they're doing, I mean, it's going to be of no use on the Day of Judgment. When in her lifetime, this lady, she felt this way and she told her companions that all she sees is darkness. This is just an example. If a person does even a lot of good things, but for other than Allah, then A, there is no satisfaction for it in this world. It will never satisfy you. And secondly, in the hereafter, وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ but ultimately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the judge. Assalamu alaikum. I was just thinking that, uh, subhanAllah, I don't know if a lot of us realize the blessing that we are born Muslim, right? As Sister Tamiya said, that if any one of the people on earth spend this much amount, which I don't even think so anyone has on this earth, of would spend as a charity, which other non-Muslims do, none of their charities are acceptable because they don't have iman. So alhamdulillah, first blessing is that we are Muslim and the charities we are doing, even a dollar is being, hopefully being accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also I love the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put together all the Qur'an. You know, after a big warning or torment of azab and everything, there's always a hope. Okay, if you do tawbah, I will remove everything that you have done. So subhanAllah, you know, the most important thing of in Islam is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if you do everything in this life, uh, prayed, did all five pillars of Islam, 
in the end, every single person, even the prophets, will be entering in Jannah with the mercy of Allah. So we should always do things that, you know, keep us in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we will, you know, all our deeds are acceptable, all our tawbahs are acceptable. And the hadith that we learned also, that Allah will call the man from the hell, fire, from the hell and ask him, if you would ransom all the milul ard, and he will say yes, of course at that time, and Allah will say no, I will ask you something much more less than milul ard, and you didn't do it, and it is so true. Like if we think about it, spending our a dollar a day or whatever charities we do, or staying on the path of Islam, compared to giving Allah subhanahu wa milul ard, is huge. But for some reason it is so hard for us to stay on the right path in this world or do $10 charity. It seems so hard sometimes, right? Also in Surah Furqan, I was seeing like uh, the mercy of Allah that Allah mentions Ayah 70, إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَعَامَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَأُولَاكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتٍ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُرُ الرَّحِيمًا I love these Ibadur Rahman ayahs from Surah Furqan that Allah mentioned in this particular ayah that except those who repent and believe in Islam and do righteous deed for those Allah will change their sins into good deeds. And Allah is most forgiving and most merciful. So subhanAllah, like Allah's mercy is vast. It's just that we have to accept what we have done and do tawbah and never go back to what we did before. And inshallah, ask Allah for His mercy all the time. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I guess the thing that I really hit me when we were doing these verses was that when we think about the purpose of why we were put on this earth in the first place, it is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it really, I mean, when you like think about it in that sense, you're like, if that's our entire reason for being here, it's the entire reason we were created, this is the reason this entire earth was created, then, you know, that should be our main focus. If we look at it the way the world is now, not many people really focus on that. If your whole life's goal was to become a millionaire, for example, you would spend your entire life to, you know, you'd work to that path. Like, you'd focus on it. That's the only thing you'd worry about. And so if we think about the reason why we were created, it was to worship Allah. So that should be our main focus. The reason we were created was to enter, you know, like to go to the Akhirah and face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. So we really need to focus which way we're, you know, which way, like, we're going because... When we reach that day and it hits us, you know, that we haven't actually done anything for our actual goal, for the reason we were created, it'll be a lot harder to be able to do anything on that day. So that's where Assalamu alaikum. I just wanted to share one thing which really struck me right now. That on one side we have just learned that even this huge amount of health won't help us on the day of judgment. But on the other side, a good deed which only weighs an atom size, Inshallah ta'ala, at the Day of Judgment, that is going to be like very, very beneficial for us. So I think we should never belittle any good deed which we do and uh, keep on doing that, Inshallah. But the value of good deeds done with Iman, no matter how small those deeds may be, is much greater than the value of this money. Iman is, like we learned earlier, that that iman which Allah has taught us, meaning that iman which Allah wants us to have, okay, which means that it should be according to the Quran and Sunnah. 
So if a person says that, yes, I believe in God, however, I don't pray salah, I don't believe in Muhammad wasallam. that's not really iman. Why? Because Allah told us to believe in Him. So if we don't believe in Muhammad wasallam, that's not believing in Allah. That's not submitting to Allah. Okay? What's the value of good deeds done or kind things done towards other people just for the benefit of other people as opposed to doing it points to get to paradise? Whatever good you do in this world for the sake of this world, whether it is to help a person or to be happy yourself, it will remain in this world. In the hereafter, what will benefit you is what you do for the hereafter. So for example, a person is very righteous, he's very good towards others, is, is very generous, very helpful. Will he get benefit in this world? Yes. People will like him, they will appreciate him, they will praise him, they will thank him, he will get a high status, whatever. He may have happiness, he may have some kind of satisfaction, but all of that will remain where? In the dunya. But in the hereafter, a person will have nothing because he never did it for Allah. It's like a person will only get Jannah if he wanted to get to Jannah. If a person didn't want to get to Jannah, whatever he did is not going to benefit him. Alright? This is the reality. This is why Allah says, وَمَن يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَنْ يُقُبَلَ مِنْ If a person adopts a religion other than Islam, it will never be accepted. If a person says, you know, they don't worship Allah, but they do believe in a God and they have a deep connection with Him. But how can you have a connection with someone if you don't prostrate to Him? How can you have a connection with someone if you don't listen to Him? A relationship is always two-sided, right? You can't just say, I love Him, when you don't love Him the way He wants you to love Him. If I were to say to you, I love you, but I don't know your name, I don't know who you are, but I love you, you'd say, what? I don't accept that love. Do you see what I mean? So you love someone the way they accept it, the way they want you to love them. Otherwise, it's not love. It's just a one-sided thing, which is not going to benefit a person. This is why we learn about the importance of telling other people about Islam as well. Right? Iman is something so valuable. How can we just keep it to ourselves and not tell others about it? The Prophet ﷺ dedicated his entire life declaring the truth, spreading the truth. This is why he suffered so much. You know, the mushrikeen of Makkah, they believed in Allah. They actually believed in Allah. But they also believed in other gods. And that's something that Allah does not accept. If belief in Allah was sufficient, there was no need to send Prophet ﷺ. There was no need for him to suffer all that persecution. To go through such a hard life, trying to spread and establish the truth. So, belief in Allah, as in belief in the existence of God alone is not sufficient. Iman, remember, it includes several things. Iman, faith, belief, it includes affirmation, meaning you affirm the truthfulness. Secondly, it includes acceptance, that you don't just say, yes, it's right, but you also accept it. And thirdly, it includes submission, that you also do what is required. So if a person stops just at the first step, that yeah, okay, there is God, that's not sufficient. You have to accept Him as your God, and you have to submit to Him too. Okay, this is like a person saying, yeah, Canada is a good country. Okay, but if you think it's a good country, you want to live here, you want to be a citizen, then you have to follow the laws. And if you don't follow the laws, your citizenship is going to be taken away from you. Okay, you're going to have to suffer serious consequences. You're not welcome over here then. Right? So, just as in the world, when you accept, you believe, you submit, likewise with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts, believe and submit. Okay? 
I just want to share. Last night I was listening the story of Prophet Adam alayhi salam, and it's a similar to the story today we hear in here is, if Prophet Adam alayhi salam, he did a mistake and he repented, that's why he was different than Shaitan, who we are not to do the same thing. We can do mistakes. We we are human. We can fall out, and all we need is to do is to repent, and that Allah is showing us. Which one you choose yes. is up to us yes. and how we believe in God. And the time to repent is now. If a person yeah. doesn't repent now, doesn't reform yeah. now, then at the time of death and the hereafter, no matter what he does, it will not be accepted. So with this, alhamdulillah, we have reached the end of juz number three. Okay. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.